Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Take out your sermon notes. Let's get into the Word today. I'm really, really uh, excited about this Word because how many of you know it's easy to give? It's easy to give, but sometimes it's hard to receive. And uh, we've been talking about tis the season over these last couple of weeks. We talked about tis the season to forgive. Amen. We need to forgive. And if you don't know how to forgive, it's going to mess you up. It'll hold you back. It'll make you hard and callous and not able to receive love. And then we talked about tis the season to laugh. God wants us to laugh. He wants us to enjoy life. And we talked about that last week about laughter is like good medicine. And the question that I had for many of you is, have you taken your medicine lately? Have you taken your medicine? Have you laughed? And then I asked you a question, when was the last time you really had a good laugh, that you really laughed about life and enjoy life? Life is too full of tension. Man, people are angry, upset. We're on pins and needles because of all what's happening in our world and the events that are going around us, that we're all walking around like a bunch of porcupines, and we're waiting to pick somebody or, or prick somebody with our quills because we're so tense. But God wants us to enjoy life. That's why he says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. And if God lives in us, we should be able to laugh because God has everything under control. You want to get the enemy mad or a person mad at you, laugh in their face, right? If you want to get the enemy mad at you and you want him to stop bugging you, start laughing at him. You, you mess with me, you come against me with swords and spears, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. It's not by might nor by power, but by God's spirit I come against you with. Therefore, I can laugh and know that everything is going to be okay. But today, if you have your sermon notes, laughter costs nothing but creates much. Learn to laugh more. It does your body good. It does your body good. But today I want to talk about tis the season to receive. If you have your notes, giving takes time, energy, and thoughtfulness behind giving that perfect gift. How many know what I'm talking about? I don't know about you, but man, I, my wife, I, it is new day and age. I don't know about you, but I'm not used to that. I don't know how to use, you know, all these new techniques and how you get online and you shop online. And when you shop online, a lot of times, for my instance, maybe not yours, but what we ordered, it comes back in a different size or it wasn't the right color what we ordered, and then we have to send it back. Or then they say keep it, and they send us another one or whatever. It just always seems to be a mix-up when you get on Amazon or wherever you order it from. Nowadays, it's hard, and you get on there, and all you see is the picture. And then when you see the picture of what you supposedly brought, it's not all what you brought. How many can relate to what I'm talking about, right? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm old-fashioned. I like walking down the malls. And every time I walk down the mall for the first time, this is no kidding, I remember I was telling a story that Friday night. I remember my kids and I, we were walking down the corridors in Mall America. And if you know anything about Mall America during Christmas time, it's packed. I mean, it's packed. Everybody comes from all over. Mall America is the number one uh, vacation attraction in Minnesota. And so it's packed. And so here I am. I'm walking down the corridor, minding my own business with my three kids. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they start playing Christmas music. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm a big blubber boy when it comes to Christmas and Thanksgiving. All these holidays, I, I'm, a, I'm a ball baby. How many can relate to what I'm saying? Amen. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm walking down the corridor there in Wall America with my three kids, minding my own business, and all of a sudden, Amy, they have yourself a merry little Christmas, right? And guess what happens? Right there in the corridor, no joke, I start crying, and I'm just bawling. And my three kids look at me, Dad, are you okay? Are, are, you, are you all right? Oh, yeah, kids, I'm fine. Dad, what's wrong? And I couldn't get my composure. I kid you not. Then we wish you a Merry Christmas. And it kept on and on and on. And it kept tickling my insides, right, that I could not get my composure. So finally, this is a true story, finally I had to sit down on one of the benches there before COVID when they had benches there. I had to sit down on the bench, and I just sat there. And I was just so grateful because, God, we have so much to sing about and so much, man, to rejoice about. And to, man, God, not only give, but also to receive. If you have your sermon notes in Acts chapter 20, Paul is saying to the church there in Athens, Athens, he's saying there about giving. Because there's a principle about giving. He says this, you yourself know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs. In other words, he took care of all his needs, and he wasn't leaning on other people. And Philippians 4.19 says that my God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He learned the secret that if I want to earn or get a paycheck or, or things, I have to work for that which I want. And so he learned that I have to work. But he just didn't work to gain. He didn't work just to gain. Watch what he says. And supply my own needs and the needs of my companions. Now, look at the next verse of what she said. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kindness of hard work, we must help the weak. So, in other words, what he did, he's, he, he didn't work just to gain for his own benefits, for his own uh, 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 personal gain. He, he gained, he, he worked for the needs of others. He worked for the needs of others. I always tell people that you find a need, and when you find the need, you fill it. So find the need. What is the needs around you? Who are the people in your area that you're, your circumference of people that you can bless and help out in times of needs in their lives? I'm always looking like Jesus. I've had 3D glasses. Every time when I'm walking out in the community, I wear 3D glasses. And you know what that is? God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Ghost. Who needs Jesus and what are their needs in their life? So I'm always looking to fill a need. Find the need and fill it. When you find the need, especially when God prompts you, man, that's when, man, there's a God emotions that take place. People, man, are so, man, excited. They're so in uh, awestruck in that. How did you know that I needed this? How many know what I'm talking about, right? But then he goes on to say this. We must work, help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus said himself. Now, here's what he said. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Wow. It is more blessed to give than he is to receive. But if you ever think about that in verse 35 where it says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive, can I ask you a question? In order to give, now you got to get this, in order to give, there must be someone to receive. How many know what I'm talking about? In order to give, you have to have someone to give it 
too. Right? So I don't know about you, but I, I, I know we have a lot of ups and downs. People watch football, don't watch football, whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. Here's the deal. In football, there's the quarterback and there's the receiver. And each position has its name or its position and its responsibility. The running back takes the ball and he runs with the ball. The linemen, they block for the running back or the quarterback. Everybody has their responsibility when you play all the 11 guys. But if you ever notice, there's the quarterback and there's a receiver. And if you ever think about the quarterback, the quarterback is what? The giver. He's the one that has the ball and passes the ball to what? The receiver. The receiver has to accept the ball from the quarterback. And hopefully it's Aaron Rodgers throw the bomb, then he'll wave to his mom, right? Right? And hopefully he catches or receives the football from Aaron Rodgers. Dante Adams. His position or his responsibility is to receive. And in your life, if you have your notes, in your life, you are either a giver and a receiver or a quarterback and a receiver. So there's a two-way street. Either you're the quarterback, which is the giver, or you're the receiver, which is the receiver of maybe the gift from the quarterback. There has to be that receiver. And so many times we want to walk around humble and we say, oh, I, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Can I ask you this? Why is it that we pray for God to bless us? We ask God to help us in our time of need. Then when God sends the quarterback to your life, the first response is, oh, I don't need that. But yet you just pray for someone maybe to bless you, and God uses people to bless you. And then when that person comes along, God inspired to bless you, your first response is, no, I'm okay. But inside your skin is crawling because you know that you really need it, but because you want to play the humble part. How many of you know what I'm talking about? God wants you to be able to receive. Just as much as you are a giver. There's nothing wrong with receiving as well as giving. And don't be afraid to receive all the things that God has for you. You see, listen, we love to give, but it's hard to receive. You can't expect to be blessed and your needs met if you don't receive. You see, a lot of times when, when, when you hear about football, you hear about the quarterback has confidence in throwing the ball to that receiver. Because you know why? Because that receiver is prone to catch the ball when the ball is thrown in their area. And a lot of times they stop throwing the ball to the receiver if they don't have confidence in him to catch the ball. And a lot of times God is throwing the ball at your life, but you're not catching the ball. And you can turn blessings away from your life if you're not willing to receive it. God says he wants us to be humble in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And, yes, we don't ask to get or the gain, but we ask our needs. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And let me ask you, when the desires of your heart come, is your hands ready to receive with an openness that thank you, Jesus, for supplying and meeting all my needs? Amen? Giving and receiving is a two-way street. 
At times, you'll give more than you receive. I, I, I love to give. I, I really do. I, I love to give. Cheryl and I, we love to give. And what you sow is what you reap. I, I, I truly tell you that. I, I can't tell you how much, how much I give. I give all the time. I've just paid for a young man's classes for going to college. We, we love to give. And it's all about sowing. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Can I ask you something? How many seeds have you sown by giving? Now, if you've sown, the Bible says what you've sown, you're going to reap. So there's a, a process, sowing, that's the giving, and then reaping. Maybe, just maybe, God wants you to receive, Mary, in your life. Maybe, just maybe, you're closing the door because we want to have this humble attitude, which we all do. Maybe we're closing the door for what God really wants to do in your life. You know, one of the things I always hear in people's lives, I hear this all the time. Why is that so-and-so always seems to get blessed and I never do? Maybe you're not looking for the ball. Maybe you're not looking for the blessing that God is sending you. It's like this person, they, they had a flood that came to their, their area. And, man, they had to get onto their house. And they went all the way up to the second floor. And the water started rising even further than the second floor. So finally they crawled out of their house and they got on top of the roof. And they said, God, God, please, man, help us, rescue us, rescue us, Lord. So all of a sudden in their prayer, all of a sudden the boat came. And the boat came, and when the boat came, they said, hey, get in our boat. Get in the boat. We're here to rescue you. Oh, no, no, no. Go get someone else. Next thing you know, all of a sudden, a helicopter came. Hey, hey, grab a hold of the ladder. We'll pull you up in the basket. Get a hold of the ladder. We'll pull you up. We'll rescue you. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, rescue someone else. The third time, another boat came by. And they rejected the boat. After a while, they sat there on top of the roof and said, God, why don't you rescue me? And the Lord spoke and said, I sent three people to rescue you, but you were unwilling to receive. Sometimes in our lives, because I understand we, we want to give before we receive, but God also wants you to receive. Be open to what God has. And when I receive, receive, check this out. This Christmas season, it's all about giving and receiving. But it should not just be about certain dates of the year. It should be every year. Giving and receiving is not just a Christmas thing. It's an everyday experience. It's an everyday thing. Here's the greatest thing that keeps on giving, a gift that keeps on giving. It's better than Willy Wonka in the Gobstopper. It never ends its flavor. It never wears out. And John 3.16 is the gift that keeps on giving and the gift that keeps on receiving. At John 3.16, it says this, for God so loved the world, that's you and I, that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So God gave his best to us, an 
everlasting gift, a gift that transforms and changes life like never before. Yesterday, I sat back there in the back there, and I got to listen to Jeff Jorgensen preach the salvation message at the end, gave a great message at the funeral yesterday, and this place was packed. It was amazing, and Jeff, I was so proud of you. I told you afterwards, and he said to me, he said, did I I bring it home about salvation, and I said to him, I said, absolutely what Jeff did. He was the quarterback that passed on the pass of receiving to the people. And man, Jeff, man, gave the salvation message. And God said, you plant the seeds and I'll make it grow. And Jeff, I was so proud of you that you were the quarterback that was passing the seeds that were transforming lives. It's a gift that never stops giving. Jesus. But then he goes on to say, watch this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. To put us down, a lot of times people don't come to God because they think that he's not going to receive them and that he's going to condemn them and put you down. God doesn't operate that way. God loves you and accepts you and forgives you just as you are. He doesn't condemn. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation puts you down and makes you feel shameful and makes you feel pitiful and makes you feel unworthy. But conviction speaks to your heart and makes you make a decision about changing. There's a difference. And God didn't come into the world to put you down and make you embarrass and shame you. God came into the world to love you, but to save the world through him. Now watch this. He says in verse 18, whoever believes in him, you have to receive. Believing is a form of receiving. Did you get that? Believing is a form of receiving. How many of you remember the first day that you believed in Jesus Christ and you received him into your heart? Do you remember that day? I believed in him. I confessed him as Lord and Savior of my life, and then I received him. Lord, come into my heart. Transform me, change me, rearrange me from the inside out. God, so I believed, and I also Received. If I never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I never would be where I am today because I was once lost, but now I'm found because I received and I accepted Jesus into my life. And then he goes on, watch this. But whoever does not believe stands condemned. But you think that condemnation, if you think about that, stands condemned. You think that's God? No. You know who that condemnation comes from? The enemy. The enemy always brings up your past. He always brings up the bad things in your life. And he says, you're never worthy. You're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You're doomed. You're coming to the end. Man, you don't think that God's forgiven you. He, that's why he says, without Christ, condemnation comes from the world or from the enemy to keep you down. Because the enemy, once he has you down, he wants to keep you down. And the way he keeps you down is reminding you of your past. And when he reminds you of your past, you need to remind the enemy of his future. Somebody say amen. And he loves to remind you of your past. He loves to tell you, man, you're never good. You got this strike against you. That's where that condemnation comes from. He says, but already because they have not believed in me, the name of God, the one and only Son. So you have to receive. You have to receive what God has for you. You see, I love this. The greatest news is not that Jesus made the world. But he loves the world. 
He made the world for you to live in because he loved you so much that he wanted you to have a place to dwell in. And when he made the world, he made it perfect without sin. And we know the story that brought sin in. So God made good for you and I because he loved us so much. When my wife was typing this statement, she was so moved. And when I was writing this, God moved my heart. And so she was so moved by this statement that she put it on Facebook. Because of Jesus' love, you and I, you and I have never, never, ever lived one day unloved. Can you imagine that? You have never lived one day unloved. Think about it. The Bible said he knit you together in your mother's womb and made you fearfully and wonderfully. So in other words, from the very beginning, God took his time when he made you. He didn't make junk. He made the best. He took his time. He made you. He created you and he formed you in your mother's womb. And then when you were born, man, the first breath that you take was the breath of the Holy Spirit. He loved you from that time. And then now through your journey in this life, think about this right now. Through this journey in this life, and yes, we live in a roller coaster life. And yes, we face rejection. Yes, and we face pain. But guess what? With God, it's always even keel. There is no roller coaster of loving you and not loving you. God said, I love you with an everlasting love through this journey in this life. And once you live on this planet Earth right now, God said, I love you with an everlasting life. My love never changes towards Towards you. And here's the great thing. Yesterday when this young man, man, the, 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 the ashes were placed right here. And you know the greatest thing about this young man is that God loved him through his journey. But now God loves him as he walks into eternity. So listen, from the very beginning that you were born until the day you walk into eternity, God's love never separates himself from you. He's always with you every phase of your life. So when you think that no one loves you, remind yourself that the greatest lover of all loves you the most. That's Jesus. You see, there are different meanings in the name. As we celebrate this Christmas holiday season or whatever you want to call it, I call it Christmas season. I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm also not ashamed to say that he's the reason for the season. But you know what? When you say Jesus, his name means so much. Hosanna, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful, Counselor, all these things. Peace, strength. His name is summed up in so many different things. So when you think of Jesus, you can think of so many things. And so whenever I go through a spell in my life when I'm feeling maybe down and discouraged because we all go through those times, you know what I do? I reach into the name of Jesus. And I pull out the strength of the name of Jesus in the areas of my life. God, in my weakness, you're made strong. God, you said you give me peace. That's your name. You're the prince of peace. You give me peace into my life. I pull that out of the name of Jesus. So when you think about that, there are different meanings in the name. So when you think of Jesus, he gave you his name. And what does it stand for? So if you have your notes, check this out. Jesus, the quarterback. Jesus is the quarterback. 
And today, you're the receiver. This Christmas season, you're the receiver. To receive from the quarterback. And the quarterback does what? He calls the plays. And that's why he says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope for the future. He calls the plays of your life. And in those plays of your life, he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes in his love, his character, and his response towards you. So watch this. Receive. The first thing that we as receivers need to receive is his love. His love. God so loved the world. That's you and I. His love. His love is not based on our good behavior. If you go to Bentleyville like we did this last couple weeks ago, and you go part into Bentleyville and you walk down there and they have a naughty and nice list there in Bentleyville. How many of you know what I'm talking about? God doesn't put you on a naughty or nice list. You are accepted and you're nice all the time in his eyes. God loves you. And my wife, man, our kids are coming in. My daughter's coming in. So we want to call Bentleyville and find out how can we put our grandkids' names on the nice list. And then we want to take them to Bentleyville, right? Love is a gift that melts the heart, gives support, and follows through with action. God follows through with action. He shows you that he loves you first and foremost by sending his son to live and yet to die. He follows through with his word. How many have ever been let down by people around you? They promise they're going to do this. And they promise I'll do this because I love you. And they don't follow through. Even us husbands, when our wives tell us to get the dryers, get the towels out of the dryer and we forget. Sometimes that can bring some friction, you know what I'm talking about? Or take out the garbage when we forget. Boy, my wife is the biggest cheerleader today. Amen. But you know what? When we forget to get the towels or when we forget to maybe take out the trash, God still loves you. He still loves you. He still loves you. God not only told us he loves us, but showed us his love to us by giving his one and only son, Jesus. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says these words, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this way. He demonstrated love is action. I always say talk is cheap, but action is deep. Talk is cheap. Man, anybody can talk their way out of a wet paper bag, but putting feet under your faith is always harder than just talk. Talk is cheap. You have to demonstrate your talk. You have to walk it out. And Jesus walked it out. He said this, while we were still sinners, unlovable at that time, Christ died for us. You will never, never, never unloved. 
God loved you even when we were sinners. He loves you so much that, man, he gave his best. People always say to me, Pastor, why doesn't Jesus come now? With all the turmoil that's happening in our world right now, with all what's going on, man, you know, nations against nations and all what's happening, you know all the ins and outs. I don't have to go there. Why doesn't God come to rescue us? And I thought about that. Can you imagine the people when they're in Egypt, when they were in Egypt, and man, what they were doing? Pharaoh was man doing all this stuff and making them make bricks and all the things that were happening there, and man, all the persecution and the hardships, and they would cry out, "God, God, have you forsaken me?" But God, in His timing, came at the right time and rescued them. But the reason why God's not coming now, His timing's not ready. You know why? Because God is a jealous God, and he wants none to perish. And he's waiting for all of us to come home because when he comes, there's not going to be no turning back. He's going to take all the believers home, and the ones that don't will be left behind. So God can pull the trigger right now. But ask yourself, maybe you're ready. Maybe you're ready. And maybe your bags are packed. But what about maybe your dad? What about maybe your mom, your brother, your sister, your aunt, or your uncle, even co-workers and friends? Are they ready? And if God doesn't want any to perish, maybe we have a responsibility that God give me the courage and the boldness to be able to share the good news to my circle of friends so that they too will be ready. God could come in the twinkle of an eye, but he doesn't come because Pam he doesn't want any to perish because he loves us that much. And yes, we feel like we're going through pain. And yes, we feel like we're never making. And yes, we feel like we're going down. But God in his timing always comes through. How many know what I'm talking about? Love. He loves us. In your case, you said, you said, but God says, what are you talking about? In your case, you said, God, I'm not worthy. God, I'm not good enough. God, I can't do this. That's what you said. That's your testimony. But God says, what are he talking about you? You know what God talks about you? I love you. I care about you. I'm concerned for you. You see, sometimes we write our own script, but God has a different one. Don't let the past and useless details Choke out your existence and your life with Christ. So many times we fixate on all these things in our lives that we don't have to focus there. You see, listen, why are God's gifts of love unopened? You ever think about that? Why are God's gifts of love unopened? Maybe you have a gift under the tree. It's not maybe something that man's brought for you. As I got from my grandson, we had to have to send it to him because we can't go to Arizona. A little transformer, more than meets the eye. <laughs> so we had to send Kyrie a bumblebee transformer that we just sent him. He just got it yesterday. It's not one of those things. But maybe under your personal tree, you have some unopened gifts. Gifts that God wants to give you, and that first one is love. And here's why we don't. Why are God's gift of un love unopened? Number one, don't feel worthy of his love. Because you don't feel worthy of his love, there's a gift under your tree. 
that gift is waiting to be opened, but because you feel like you're unworthy of his love, you haven't opened that gift. Another one is this. I've done too much wrong. I can't receive his love. Let me ask you a question. Is your name Paul or Saul? Paul or Saul said, I'm the chief of sinners, yet God saved me. And if he can save me from all the wrong that I've done, he definitely can save you. Have you thought about that? The chief of sinners don't know how to receive his love. A lot of times people don't know how to receive his love. You know why? Because they have not been loved in their personal physical relationships. And that leads to the next one, afraid of rejection. A lot of times people don't receive and you have an unopened gift under your tree because you're afraid of rejection. He or she left me. I wasn't good enough that he or she left me. All these emotional scars and hurts and pains that we carry so much that we neglect opening the gift that's under your tree. And you forfeit the fullness of what God has for you. I need to go on. God's love is available to all who ask and seek him. So is love. Here's the second gift that's unopened under your tree. This is a big one. The second one is this. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his forgiveness. Man, the greatest gift of all is love. And you can have all the gifts in the world, but without love you have nothing. But in receiving his love, it leads to the second phase or the second gift, receive his forgiveness. Can I ask you a question? When are you ever going to forgive yourself? When are you ever going to forgive yourself? When are you ever going to lay it down and say, okay, I accept it, I owned it, and now I'm moving on? But so many of us, man, we carry our baggage because I'm not worthy to be forgiven. Untrue. You see, God's forgiveness says, I don't remember it. When? When did this happen? Where did it happen? And how did it happen? When you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he blots it out. Look at Isaiah 43. Look at what he says. He says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. In other words, he removes them. It's better than Tide and Shear and whatever else laundry detergent you use. It takes it out. He says, for my own sake. Why? Why for his own sake? Not just for your benefit, but for his sake. Because why? And remembers your sins no more. I blot out your sins. I take out your dirt. I take out your trash. I let go of your mess. And I blot them out. And I remember them no more. But then look what he says. Review the past for me. Look what he said. Review the past for me. Can you imagine that? But God, I did this. I did that. That's a review in your past. But look at it. Let us argue the matter together. State the case of your innocence. In other words, God said, hey, let me, let me review this past with you. What are you talking about? What in the world are you talking about? 
I don't even remember what. If I wouldn't have been a pastor, you know what I would have been? Don't stone me. I would have been a lawyer. You know why? Because I love to debate. How many relate to what I'm talking about? And your kids love to debate, right? Why, Daddy? Right? And I love to debate. Well, that's what God is talking about. So many times we take our dirt to God and we debate with God. And we don't even have a case because God don't even remember it anymore. And God's looking at you like, what in the world are you talking about? So the only one that remembers it is you. And can I ask you why you remember it? Why do you? Is that your form of security? Is that your safe place that you love to live in your misery instead of having peace and contentment and joy and satisfaction and love in Christ? If you walk in that, that's what you're going to have. In misery. In misery loves company. And God said, I forget it. And that's why I said, in your case, you said, but God. But God says, what are you talking about? Don't let the past choke out your details. Don't let it choke out your details. Here's another one. And I'm moving quick. The last one. Go ahead, Pastor Andrew. Where you at? Is this. Receive his grace. You know what grace is? <laughs> I, I love what grace is. Because all of us need grace. How many know we need grace? We say that his grace is sufficient for me. The quarterback, Jesus is passing to the receivers today. He's passing to the receivers today. And you know what he's saying? Receive my grace. So what is grace? Grace says you're going to make mistakes. You know, I go into some people's house, and please understand when I say this. I go into some people's house, and believe me, I'm in a lot of people's homes but because they want their house and their kids to be so perfect. They want it to be so perfect and their kids to be so perfect and everything to be so perfect that you walk into it, you know what? There's so much tension. Man, it's, it sucks the life out of things. And I say to myself, why in the world? Just relax. Take it easy. Man, there's nobody perfect I don't expect your kids to be perfect. I don't expect your house to be perfect. Just relax. And that same attitude is a lot of times what we take to God. Why do you think God says he grants us grace? Because God understands, Bob, you're going to make a mistake. How many of you ever made a mistake? We're going to make mistakes. And that's why God says, receive my grace. I understand you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that maybe, man, hurt others and hurt yourself and even hurt me. But I never stop loving you. And my grace is always extended towards you in the midst of your mistake. God Loves you. So this, God's grace is going to make, you're going to make mistakes. But I'm not going to give up on you. How many people have you given up on? And how many people have given up on you?
Think about it. We in our society, we're so prone to write that person off when they sin us and when they offend us or when they hurt us. And we're so quick to write them off. Or they're so quick to write you off. Aren't you glad that God doesn't write you off? That he just accepts you and receives you. You see, grace is the invitation to come back home when you fall. When you fall. I'm so glad that my mother, with all my mess, with all my drug addiction and alcohol addiction and all that I went through, and I don't have to go there. No matter what, my mother... She loved me. She didn't write me off. And this Friday, on my Facebook page, I have to tell you, this is so cool. It made me cry. It really did. On my Facebook page, it popped up, Union Grove Assembly of God. You want to know what Union Grove Assembly of God is? It's the very first church that I started attending when I gave my life to Jesus. And it's the very first church, Jeff, that I ever preached my very first sermon. So I text them back on the Facebook and I said, I'm going to tell you, Union Grove Assembly of God has a big place in my heart. And I told them the story. This is where I gave my life to the Lord. This is where I preached my first sermon. But here's the end of that story, Becky. My mother, Grace. My daughter yesterday sent us a picture of her and my mom building a gingerbread house yesterday. And Cheryl put it all over to all our kids, and they all commented back, I remember those days. But where you're sitting at, Pat and all you over here, when I'm preaching my very first sermon, after beating my mother and doing the things I did that I wasn't proud of, my mother, where you're at, Pat, was sitting in a very far corner. And the whole time that I'm preaching, I could read her lips. I love you, son. I love you, son. I love you, son. The very whole entire sermon. I love you, son. You see, listen, and I got to close. Ephesians chapter 2. For it is by grace you have been saved. All your mistakes, all your mishaps, all your rejection, all your pain, all your garbage. I say this with a pun, but God is a great garbage man. He takes out the trash when it's full. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. You know what through faith is? That means Nelda receiving. You can't expect to be blessed if you don't receive. It is good to give, but there are times in your life you have to receive. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. We're all about Christmas, all about giving gifts and receiving gifts. Can I encourage you to receive the greatest gift? The gift of grace, 
forgiveness and love. But then in verse 9, watch what he says. Not by works so that no man can boast. You can't work for your salvation. You can't work. Out of your relationship, now you got to get this, out of your relationship with God, then you work. I do everything for my wife, not because I have to, but because I want to, because I love her. And it's the same way with God. It's not that I have to, but God, I love you so much that I want to. I want to help people. I want to do these things. I want to be in the choir. I want to take my time to do the things for the Lord. But verse 10, for we are God's workmanship or handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Out of my grace, my love for God, Lisa, I want to serve you. Sue, I want to love you. That's what it's all about. I'm not doing it out of obligation because if I'm doing it out of obligation, I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get upset because I'm obligated to do it. God said, don't, don't do it. Just love me. Jesus said that grace is given and not by works because he knew we would mess up in our works. Give yourself a break. No one is perfect, so relax and enjoy his gifts. Will you stand with me today? Today, the quarterback's here. The Bible says when two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of us. The midst of us. Guess who's here right now? It's the quarterback. Everybody say hi, Jesus, because he's here right now. When God shows up, God shows out. And when God shows out, he shows out his goodness. But you never experience his goodness if you don't open up to receive it. So today, every one of you, you're on a team. And your role today on this football team is your receivers. You're a receiver. The question is, are you going to catch the ball or are you going to catch the gift? I want you to bow your heads with me this morning as we close. Father, this morning, there are many receivers here today. Maybe they need to receive your love. Maybe they feel unloved. Maybe they don't feel accepted or appreciated. Maybe they feel like they're just a, a worker. Maybe they feel like all they're supposed to do is put a paycheck on the table or bread on the table, and they don't feel loved and appreciated. I pray that, God, that they will receive your love. Maybe there's one here today that feeling so unforgiven that they can't let go of unforgiveness in their lives, and they can't accept forgiveness in their lives because they feel like they're so wrong. They've done so much bad. I pray that today that they will receive your forgiveness and that they will choose to let it go. We can receive it, but we have to make a choice to let it go. And I pray that today they will do that. 
And I pray that there are those here today that will receive your grace, that they will relax in your love and experience the joy and just enjoy life. We can't work out our salvation, but we can receive our salvation, and we're going to make mistakes in our lives, and I pray that, God, that they will come back to you and say, God, I am worthy because you accept me just as I am. Grace takes up our mess. And so, Father, let us be a receiver to receive. Thank you for each person here today. Bless them in their area of need. And, Lord, bless this Christmas season as we get together with family and friends. May your Holy Spirit be with us, for we thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said, now let's give the Lord praise. Can we do that? Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.